I was in the right place at the right time to be able to just like show it to someone and go like, hey, look at this living buttock. <laughs> <laughs> we are the lizard people. What the f*** is going on down there? Episode 435 is coming to you at the tail end of November 2016, ladies and gentlemen. It's Thanksgiving America weekend, uh, and I am currently in America, as is my uh, co-host Seth Buzzard. Hi. Hello from America. The most tiring time of the year for me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you telling me people get food on Thanksgiving? Yeah, the... The Friday before Thanksgiving was the beginning of our Thanksgiving holiday schedule. I punched in at work at 8 a.m. and punched out at 11.20 p.m. And there were four runs left to do. But uh, some of the guys volunteered to come in on Sunday and do them on Sunday. Man, like, hey, listeners, maybe also be thankful for the fact that that food got to you at all. Yeah. Like, holy yeah. crap. <laughs> Be thankful. Or else. Uh, did, did you have uh, any kind of a Thanksgiving yourself on the day? Yeah, that was another big working day. Uh. <laughs> we had 16 people come over. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, like, all that weekend before, we spent moving furniture around to try to make room to put up a bunch of plastic tables. And then, just because of the shape of our of our house we couldn't get everybody all in one room so there are people in different rooms and it was basically we just set up a bunch of places with seats and tabletops and said okay these are all the places you could sit just wherever you want to sit take it and then people just figured out where they wanted to be man one of my girlfriend's brothers was like i'm just going to take this tv tray and i'm going to watch football (laughs) (laughs) and he sat by himself away from everybody else (laughs) I mean, that's there's no negative to that, right? No, like, well, it freed up a little space for somebody else, and yeah, he was happy, and it was fine. Yeah, no one's fighting or whatever it is. I always hear about with the Thanksgivings. Yeah, um, my like my only experience with American Thanksgivings has been with uh, with with Crin and her folks, and it's it's always been nice and you know, uh, I guess low key. Given how many times I hear the story of like, yeah, we had thirty people over. Uh. I can't imagine that. I mean, I've been to big family gatherings in Germany, but it's not quite the same thing. Uh, no, it's all wiener schnitzels and yeah, wiener schnitzels, bratwursts, can, canned canned meat on bread for an appetizer. Yeah, uh, Kinder eggs for dessert. Yeah, just Kinder eggs everywhere. <laughs> we pull them off the Kinder egg tree. Um, well, I hope that all you uh, out there listening had a happy Thanksgiving and a safe Black Friday. Uh, I've been fully converted. Uh, over to the camp of hey on Black Friday just go on the internet it's safer and all the deals are better um, I had to work on Black Friday so that wasn't even an option well, yeah, yeah. well I mean yeah, you're um, not working retail right so. right <laughs> uh, but uh, um, so in the morning I always have the local news on in the morning before work and they were talking about how the crowds were a lot lighter this year mm-hmm. and they're like the so the big tease was like like why is black friday seem to be dying out and then i said as a joke oh i bet it's them damn millennials again. oh no way no way and then then they 
come back from commercial and they start doing the story and it's like millennials don't seem interested in participating in black friday no <laughs> like, no dear newscaster here's what's happening everyone's getting wise to two things number one it's safer and easier to just go on the internet where all the deals are anyway and number two no one wants to be out there in black friday so it's like you're doing all your retail friends a favor by not being part of the the friggin doorbuster mob well uh, also doorbusters aren't that good no, they're there's not. barely any, so people know that they're most likely not going to get one because there's only like ten, and then the rest of the deals aren't as good as they used to be, yeah. and and it's stretched out over a longer time. Oh, this news report also blamed millennials for the reason why you start seeing Christmas decorations in October. Yeah, you know that that is something we were working on. Uh, yeah, since the, a they years were. Ago. Yeah, they were saying millennials <laughs> like seeing Christmas stuff early. They like stretching out Christmas uh, into a longer period of time. And they like starting their Christmas shopping earlier. That's why they're not interested <laughs> in Black Friday, because they've already been handling it. You mean, you mean they've already, they, they, they're not rushing out into a throng of, of terrifying people. They're doing no, everything early. Yeah, they started their Christmas shopping <laughs> before Halloween. They're ruining Black Friday. Yeah, it's, well, that's the story of millennials. They ruin everything. Yeah, I just man, the spin needed to somehow a pin it pin millennials on the fall of Black Friday and b frame the fall of Black Friday as a negative thing. Yeah. Well, I I mean, I'm I've gotten a lot of joy out of trashing millennials, but uh um But you got to follow at least a logical path, right? Like you can't Yeah, you... but when but when I said, "Ooh, I bet it's the millennials." That was a joke. Yeah. And then then the news story was like, "These millennials." And then some reporter like so, like somehow stuffed his own head into his own rectum to figure out the logic to to frame the story. Uh, but yeah, I, I hope everyone it was had a, a her. Oh, the news sorry. it was a news female uh stuffed her head up her own rectum to spin the i don't know maybe, maybe it was a group effort to write that story i mean there's there's a lot of well i say there's a lot of effort there's just a whole lot of inserting words into sentences to make a story like that uh but those of you out there i hope that you were safe i hope no one got hurt um I, I just was reading a story the other day because it was that time of the year where I think it was BuzzFeed. Uh, someone posted oh a link on, on Facebook where they were just like, we collected a bunch of stories people had from Black Fridays. And it was like most of them were made up. I, a surprising number of them involved people both. Now, either either people is going into changing rooms to doing this or dropping their trousers to do this out of protest of not being served properly. The majority of the stories were about people just pooping on the floor of the store. I don't believe that. I, I I was tickled at the idea of someone who gets so mad they just take their belt off, unzip their pants, just squat down for two seconds and get back up and leave. Because I'm just like that's that's uh, beyond there's primate. No. <laughs> yeah, there's no way. <laughs> that's that's there's... a certain level of lizard brain activity necessary. I mean, there's enough people in the United States where you know you get enough people together in any situation. There's going to be one or two scumbag lunatics that is going to do something crazy but you're going to find the i find it very ground. hard to believe that there were <laughs> enough cases of people just deciding to poop on walmart floors <laughs> for buzzfeed to collect a story i mean that that's was, like some meme where people just started writing stories yeah that, that, that wasn't necessarily the headline of the story just you know especially once you get to the comment section everyone who finished the article realized they're like it was just me or, or a majority of those stories about people just pooping on the floor um 
if any of our listeners has, has ever angrily pooped on a floor, like, please let us know in the thread. I'm curious. Uh, you know, all walks of life are welcome uh, to a certain degree. I mean, don't poop on my floor. That's gross. Uh, but getting away from poop on floors and getting into platinum on editions, we've gotten revealed the next couple of platinum edition transformers releases uh one of them we've known about for a while which is they're doing unicron again uh the big reveal here really is that this unicron seems to be once again in slightly freshly tweaked colors so for the poor souls who really want to have every unicron now you actually have a reason i think to seek this one out um i don't i'm happy with mine but this thing uh, is in a big-ass box. Uh, he's holding his little Kranix buddy. Um, this is marked as uh, the Platinum series that celebrates the 30th anniversary of the 86 movie. And uh, the box art is pretty darn cool. Uh, it's all fancy, like a giant painting. Um, apparently, <laughs> apparently, pre-orders for this guy are, like, before shipping. Uh, 130 to 170 US dollars. The $130 one is Robot Kingdom, whose shipping is usually real hefty. Uh, as was pointed out actually in the first reply here. Uh, so, you know, if you've missed out on Unicron all these years, then you have another chance to get him. Um, probably probably don't need to go for him a fourth or fifth time if you've really been keeping up. But I don't know, Seth, how do you feel about this? I don't even think you need to go for it a second time. Um, I have the original Armada release. Mm-hmm. And looking at this picture of it in the box, it looks old. It, oh, yeah. It looks like an old design. It's just so chunky looking and just big chunky guy. And then, like, I'm thinking back because, like, wasn't the original release like a hundred bucks? Yeah, it was like a hundred dollars in two thousand three, I think. Yeah. So, if you could get it for one thirty, that's not that much more. So that's actually seems pretty reasonable for a platinum release, which tend to seem awfully expensive but that's that's the robot kingdom price out of hong kong so right but um no i forgot what my butt was gonna be oh yeah but then i also think back to that original armada release that was 100 bucks yeah and how quickly that price started nosediving yeah and um, how not too much longer afterwards you could find them for like less than 50 bucks like this, this guy's not going to be on the distribution level that Armada Unicron right. was because he's he's going to be like limited to whoever carries platinum. But platinum is not immune to discounts. Right, uh, it takes a while, but it's it's not immune. But yeah, but it just it, like in my memory, even if I thought, oh, I love these new colors so much, I think it's so much better than the original. I would just think about well. I still have the original. This is more than the original was when it first came out and mm-hmm. a lot more than the original was within like two months of the original coming out and just think about how cheap it was. And I see them fairly frequently at, at, a at, uh, anywhere selling, you know, older toys like, Oh yeah. And at the toy con and Santa Rosa, I think I saw at least two, and th- this guy's got the new head, they, like the G1 head they made in 2010, but that head has been on like every single version made since 2010. Yeah. So there's a... there. I, I guess this is just kind of refreshing the stock uh, for everyone who's, who, I don't know, still wants to use the crotch plates for customs. Uh, <laughs> it's... it's uh, I, 
I think this might be the first one that has the orange stripe down the middle of the chest, but I might be misremembering. It just that looks mm. new to me, but I haven't looked at mine in years. Yeah, like if you never had it before, mm-hmm. I mean, th- it's not that terrible of a price to get a brand new fresh one, yeah. especially if you like this, these colors better than past colors. But like for me personally, it's like I got one. I have no need for a second one. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'm starting to question if I even have a need for the first one. Like that might be one of the ones I get rid of when I get around to uh, doing a purge, which I kind of desperately need to do. Yeah. Now my so. uh, my 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 Armada one is living with my Armada stuff on the West Coast, and then my uh, whatever the 2011 one that that looks all nice with the new head that's that's been living in Toronto with me since 2011. Uh, the other platinum thing yeah, bicoastal unicrons bicoastal unicrons you just need one for like to keep in calgary and like a storage locker or something yeah it's my travel unicron <laughs> that's for when i'm stuck in the middle of the country and i just need to you know need i need to push that button to make the lights go off in his head <laughs> um the the other platinum release which is straight up for year of the rooster which is the next uh you know zodiac calendar thing going on which ha- has a fairly ridiculous looking logo which is an autobot symbol where there's a, a chicken growing out of the top right of it, which looks more like an Autobot symbol that's on fire uh, than anything else. That was my first thought. Yeah. But uh, my first glance at it, I'm like, oh, that's kind of a neat flaming Autobot logo. I wonder why they did that. Then I looked at it a little more closely. And I was like, is that a, it, it's not a chicken, is it? <laughs> bu- bu- why is bagok. it a chicken? <laughs> Bagok, Seth. Uh, so this this is Autobots, the- Bagok. <laughs> <laughs> and scratch them back. <laughs> Drop the eggs. Uh, this is a, a re-release of the hybrid style G1 Optimus that came out a while ago, designed by Shoji Kawamori. Um, I think that that's really cool for people who never got a chance to to take a crack at that toy, because that's a toy that is uh, fairly, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, underrepresented in a lot of things like a lot of people trash on the truck mode which is not very good but everything else about the figure is really cool uh for the time and for the size if this thing is at a reasonable price which being a platinum toy probably won't be right away uh it's it's really worth getting a hold of if you can get them for for a nice price like it's a it's a cool little package of stuff he looks great with legend size figures and I don't know. I just hope he. I hope he costs a decent price, and I kind of hope that his colors. Because I uh, there's some some new photos came out of him that aren't in the front page story, but they still didn't clear it up for me really. Uh, the original figure had very like toy colors, like dark dark blue legs and everything. And if this one is more like cartoon colors, I would love an excuse to get another copy of the hybrid convoy. Like I really like that figure. Uh, that's me, Seth. What's what's you? I missed it the first time around. And then when I thought, hey, maybe I want one of those, they were, like, really expensive. Yeah. So I didn't. But, yeah, the truck mode is is real, real rough. It's uh, uneven is my yeah. word for it. Very <laughs> <real> uneven. <laughs> but um, it's it's still kind of neat. Like, the robot mode isn't bad. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at pictures right now. He's got um, he's got cool stuff like the gas tanks on his legs can flip forward and they've got Gatling guns on the undersides. Uh-huh. Yeah, just, just cool little things. He's got some cool accessories like the jetpack and whatnot. Yeah. Um, never having had it, I I have no 
frame of reference if if the toy holds up um i don't think the truck mode held up then but no it didn't uh the, the truck mode was very unfortunate uh it but- seemed like it seemed like a cool smaller optimus prime toy uh, that like robot toy mm-hmm. that also kind of had a truck mode Th- this but is- you you were getting it for the the robot mode yeah, like it came with a display stand with an armature to to have him like be able to jump or fly around with a jetpack. Uh and, and this this figure kind of got a bit of a revitalization when he started showing up in photography for uh, unofficial pocket scale figures. Cuz hey, guess what? He's a very he's a high-end pocket scale Optimus Prime. Uh he goes decently with stuff from uh from Iron Factory or from DX9 Warren Pocket more specifically. Um that that's another reason uh why I think his I guess his value kind of maintained a little bit over the years is that people kept having new reasons to want to find him after he was just kind of, you know, a rare toy that came out in the last five years. Uh, so hopefully he's not going to be like 150 bucks. He probably will, but fingers crossed. Well, when you look at the cost of that Unicron, hopefully not because 150 bucks would be more than Unicron. Yo, you're the goat had some pretty stupid price comparisons about yeah, halfway well, through. I'm trying to be positive. Yeah, that's like probably a good thing. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, I'm I, interested. Like I'm actually I'm interested in this one. It's it's going to come down to the price. Yeah. I mean, even when Hybrid Convoy first came out, his price was I remember it being somewhat prohibitive. The only reason I ended up picking one up was that he was at a local import shop and the guy running the shop made a real good case. He let me mess around with his copy of the figure and I was like, oh, holy crap, this thing's actually pretty cool. All right, I'll pick one up. Uh, so, you know, it's kind of been the story of this toy is he's always been sort of expensive. But back then, we didn't have sort of expensive pocket scale unofficial stuff, which I don't know, maybe makes this, his price seem more reasonable, whatever it might end up being. Uh We'll see. Uh, he's going to still have, according to the packaging, I believe he's still going to have die cast and stuff. Um, not these photos, but there was there, the the new photos I saw on Facebook. I believe he still has his die cast content, which is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, uh, fingers crossed. I hope he's reasonably priced. And it looks like he does come with that base and armature. Yep. Oh, it looks so like he the comes story with says he comes with all the original accessories. And then I'm looking at the picture of the open box, and that's definitely the base. Yep. And then I see what I believe is the armature. Yep, and the the trailer is there on the left, like, opened yeah. up. There's a lot of glare in yeah. the picture, so. This uh, this isn't a very well-shot photo, what I would say. No, it's like old flip phone, camera phone. Yeah. Quality, all kind of desaturated and the, the pixely. Light- the light reflections are all in the perfectly wrong places. I can't really make out anything about the robot. Uh, so uh, we'll probably get some more news about Year of the Rooster Platinum stuff once we hit, you know, early 2017. But uh, in the meantime... Now, that looks like a price card in the picture with the closed box. But that's not dollars, even though it looks like a dollar sign. No, that's... hmm. I wonder. 3150 That's a pretty good price for a hybrid convoy, yeah. <laughs> if it was 3150 fantastic. That's super cheap. 
Well, I tried. So I'm not sure where this photo was taken. Uh, I just showed how much of a dullard I am. I just went like, what if I try 3,150 Hong Kong dollars to US dollars? That comes to 406 US dollars. So that's probably not his price. I hope not. <laughs> yeah, no if it is, then I'm out. Yeah, then, then someone's got to talk to somebody about things. Uh, I doubt that's the price. This might not even be Hong Kong dollars. I'm just, that's, that's the closest. That's the first thing that popped into my head. Uh, by the time this podcast goes up, I bet you, Podcast Karma, someone's going to have all the info out like five minutes before I post it up. So, hey, fingers crossed, Podcast Karma comes through. Um, in the meantime, Seth... We got Hi. some uh, new picture picks, and yours also relates to platinum. More platinum, and yeah. there isn't really much to talk about. Well, this is, this is a glimmer of hope. Is what this is. Yeah. Well, this is what happens when prices come down. Yeah. Um, the movie style Dinobot platinum set, done up in G one colors, uh, has been spotted at Ross in Pasadena, California. Um, multiple time location of bot cons that don't exist anymore mm-hmm. for the very reasonable price of forty four ninety nine. That's that's ruddy Chinese reasonable. dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's ruddy reasonable because uh, those those figures, all five of them, have new G one style head sculpts, which are all really well done. Like I've looked at them in the box many times in person. Uh, the color schemes are all solid. Like they they are just about as solid as the San Diego box set that. That that box set is basically the better version of. Um, I've always almost bought it when it's been on sale. It's just I've always stopped because I'm like, you know, the things I don't want to do is I don't want to actually spend money on this set. Like I said before we recorded, I would like to just find this set in my closet like and forget that I had bought it. Because uh, it's, it's five toys I like with really good new colors and head sculpts. I just don't really want to spend money on it. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it any better. Yeah, and it's... Like, if I saw it, like, if I go to the Ross here in town tomorrow and see it, I would be very tempted to buy it just because it's 45 bucks for five figures. Mm. That's way cheaper than those five figures in their original releases were. Yeah, and, and the original... Way cheaper. The original price of that Platinum set was, like, 150 Uh It was, I think, like, 200 in Canada. Um so yeah, like if I if I saw that in person for forty five bucks, I'd probably just cave and be like, you know what, this is like not spending money is the stupid thing I'd say out loud. Yeah, uh, I might just get it and give it to my nephew for Christmas or something. Yeah, like yo, could you imagine that buying stuff for other people? Weird. God, and early too, like not waiting until December. Yeah, what am I, a millennial? Yeah, friggin' welcome to my generation, sucker. Way to ruin Black Friday. <laughs> Gen X does its Christmas shopping the night before. <laughs> it's tradition, goddammit. We uh, listen to Nirvana the whole time. <laughs> yeah, we, we acid wash our jeans. Uh, something, something. And then get home in time for reruns of Beverly Hills 90210. That's right. Talk about how all those kids have it better than we do. Um, That's good news. Because, you know, what else are they going to do? Put those sets in a landfill? I certainly hope not. That's that's the thing that I, I hate hearing about in uh, was it in Japan with, with really big kids' toys for, like, Super Sentai and stuff. If those things don't sell when they go on dirt clearance at the end of a show's run, like, apparently a lot of them just end up in a landfill. And I'm like, that's terrible. <laughs> Gigantic plastic things in a landfill always makes me sad. 
I thought they used them to bludgeon dolphins to death. Well, that's that's the common rider toys, not the Super Sentai toys. Oh, okay. Like like God, jeez, man. You know, I'm gonna let that one. I'm gonna let that one slide. But you gotta the dolphins. Yes, <laughs> you gotta get yourself educated on what we on what we bludgeon dolphins with. Is what I was gonna say. <laughs> It's terrible. Uh, That's a documentary to watch if you really want to feel bad about humans. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in general, just you want to feel bad about humans, check out how humans interact with the wildlife around them most of the time. Uh, well, foreign humans. Right. Local humans are fine. North Americans are great to animals. I prefer to we call have them things like the SPCA to keep things and PETA to keep things uh, honest and square. I, I prefer to call them local humans. <laughs> Makes it feel a little domestic bit more humans. Yeah, domestic humans. Um, Seth, I, I've got a, I've got some new picture picks that are actual new toys. Cool. Uh, at uh, there's not a, not repackaged old stuff. Nope, <laughs> not 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 repackaged stuff at liquidation price. This Weird. stuff ain't even out yet. This stuff's coming out next year. Uh, one of my favorite third party companies, Iron Factory, whose uh, raison d'être is to do pocket-scale stuff that's really thick and chunky and feels great uh, on a tactile level. Uh, they revealed a whole bunch of stuff today. Um, I think in time with uh, the um, SGC convention that's going on. But uh, they are doing uh, a Starscream called Wing of Tyrant, who's going to come with Coronation gear. Uh, they're doing a Die Atlas uh, comic style to go with their upcoming comic style drift that's coming out. Uh, they're doing uh, a six-shot called Shadow Tengu, who was on display at TFCon, I believe. Uh, they're doing War Giant, their first combiner, who's going to be Bruticus. Uh, they're doing Bridge Watcher, which is their take on Shockwave. And then, because they're doing a Starscream, they're also doing him in blue and purple. And they're going to do the Fang of Tyranny, which is three Starscreams with cone-shaped heads, probably in different colors. Um one of them seems different to have, shape wings. Yeah, different shape wings. One of them has VTOL wings. They got different shaped lasers on their arms too. Um, this is the, the the seekers and the coneheads is interesting to me because this is the first time I think I'm seeing Iron Factory directly butt heads with DX9's War and Pocket series because DX9 announced the seekers and coneheads earlier uh, in the month, I believe. So to see Iron Factory kind of go like, yeah, well, we're doing literally those as well. Uh, is, is, honestly, I think is the first time they've truly butted heads on a product. Like usually Iron Factory is going for Cybertronian alt modes and stuff and their stuff is a lot chunkier. And it certainly is the case here with their Seekers. Like the Seekers that they're doing have got massive forearms and hands, as is the Iron Factory style. But they are also Earth mode jets. They're not Tetra jets, which is what I always thought they would be doing if they did Seekers. So interesting. I always find Iron Factory stuff feels better in hand, even if it's a bit less sleek or less design impressive. So I'm I'm excited to see all this stuff coming from them. I'm really excited to see how they tackle uh, a combiner, uh, specifically the combination joint. Um, Seth, I don't remember how much uh, experience you have with Iron Factory off the top of my head. I don't think I have any Iron Factory stuff. Um, the jet style is pretty interesting though um i don't know about this like hexagonish shape thing on the heads of the the conehead guys though go back and take oh i think that's supposed to be i think that's supposed to be like the cockpit window in a way but that's uh, weird that's why would it be on of, their foreheads because you know they they got 
<laughs> they got real brains they want to show Also, off. they have I, cockpits on their chests. Listen, sometimes you need two cockpits. That's right. what she said. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, and then who knows how that's going to look <clears throat> when they're colored. Yeah. They might not be so apparent, but it just seems odd. Um, but, yeah, Iron Factory has uh, has a, a cool, I like that kind of cool chunky style they got going on. It's it's I find it's it's doubly cool when it's like they're this chunky, but the figures are like you know three to five inches tall, because yeah. it just it just makes them feel thick and they like fill out your palm like a good baseball. And uh, some of them, yo, you, that you, robot thick is a bowl of oatmeal. <laughs> yo, let me tell you, I like my robots. I like my robots <laughs> thick, and I like them thick enough to fill my palm. I like them thick enough I can chuck them at a boy and, and put a cut in a boy's head. <sighs> What probably, kind of abuse do you got going on over there? Listen, it's a weird year, all right? 2016 is a weird year. Yeah, three famous people died in a row. Just three? Well, in the last three days. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Flores Henderson, Fidel Castro, and now uh, uh, Ron Glass. Ron Glass. Yeah. Today. Just boom, boom, boom. I was about to say, like, if you're telling me only three people died, like, I got some really bad news for you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to these things all coming out. Like, the price points on Iron Factory are usually pretty darn solid. The the QC uh, is often real good. I think like there are certainly very weak releases they've had that that stick out like a sore thumb compared to to, to how good a lot of their stuff is. Like, I I don't have a lot of nice things to say about Iron Factory's Overlord. Um, Conversely, I have a million nice things to say about Iron Factory's uh, Ultra Magnus uh, and their Dinobots. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see all this stuff coming from them. Uh, it's, it's real. This, this is this is one of those those cases where, based on my experience with everything this company has made, anything they reveal, I just get excited because it's like, all right, you guys are making at least one, two, three, four, five plus five, at least ten more figures in like the next eight months. Like that's that's wonderful. Um, so hopefully that stuff all comes out sooner than later because I want it right now. I've I've got Iron Factory Scorponok on the way over, um, and I'm I'm jazzed about that. I got to handle that thing really briefly at at Chicago, and that that was a lovely experience, lovely hand feel experience. Uh, Seth, I, I got us some listener questions if you're feeling in the mood. I'm always in the mood for a listener question. I got one here that even dropped you by name. I noticed. Uh, this is a listener question from Carito. says, hello, Overland Vangelis and the Even Team or Seth. Uh, that seems kind of dismissive, kind of douchey. I took it as like, <laughs> I took it as the guy who's doing like, I'm sure you're going to give this to the Even Team. So this is the guy saying under his breath, right? Like, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't mind Seth tackling this. Or... I, I took it more as Hi Vangelis and the Even Team, who I like, or Seth and quotes on the uh, parentheses on the side, whatever. Well, we'll we'll find out soon soon enough how this all pans out. 
Uh, he goes on to say, it is I, Carino Prime, after, back after a year of engineering school with more questions for y'all. Well, only one for now. The headmasters have finally hit my town, and I have been able to slowly dip my toes into this new line. Unfortunately, as I'm sure it was going to happen, I found out that I don't really care for the headmaster gimmick. Something about the easily losable, non-posable, underpainted figure that turns into an oversized head. So I decided to look into the third-party space and see what my options are. Have you guys checked out uh, the headmaster third-party scene so far? Is there something that's caught your attention, or is there something you hope to find? there. Uh, what I think would be a very cheap solution is if someone makes a kit of faceless replacement heads where you'd unscrew the face from an original headmaster and screw it onto the new head. Uh, maybe someone already thought of this idea. I have not checked. Uh, that's all for now. Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. If this gets read after the New Year, then man, what a BS year 2016 was. Am I right? Uh, first up, Carito, I have some good news for you. Uh, at least, you know, if you're up for ordering from Shapeways. Uh, Trent Troop, of uh, the Octaverate Forge has made well over a hundred replacement faceplates for Titan Masters, and they are all printable in uh, Acrylite, which is the like looks like production ABS type plastic that is now available at Shapeways. He has a bajillion heads or you know faces that you can use to replace on on any figure where you're not happy with the current face sculpt. I would check that out if you haven't already. Um, Seth. Have you looked much I, at, at, at third-party headmasters? No. Like, those were all happening when I was being much more careful with spending and third-party stuff. Even still, I'm, I'm at a point right now where third-party stuff is most oftentimes cost-prohibitive. Mm -hmm. um, that was after coming through a phase where I was almost only buying third party stuff. <laughs> so you've been all it's over not like I have a beef against the third party or anything. It's just, I have to be more particular. There, there was, there was actually quite a run uh, and not even recently. It was like in like what? 20, 2010 through 2013 or something. 2011 through 2013. When like all these kind of like toy world was doing their headmasters, like the, the fans project function X headmasters were kicking off. Like, Suddenly there were a lot of headmasters. I think there's almost less of them coming out now, even though there are a whole yeah. lot in development. Yeah, well there was like the the what the quadruple U or triple U, whatever that yeah, guy was. Yeah, quadruple called. U. Um there was a at least one, if not multiple, versions of Chrome Dome. Yep. Um, I remember one of those seemed really rad, but I just I couldn't afford it at the time. Yeah, I think I think with Chrome Dome, the main one is like you know the, the same line as Quadruple U. There's one called Code. Uh, that's that's actually the figure that was repainted as Virus, which uh, I found out from a TFW user Shubermore Prime. Virus actually sold out at TFCon. Uh, it's pretty darn cool. Um, the only other Chrome Dome uh, that that is kind of a high end big one that I've handled is is Make Toys Cupola. Uh, there was a, I think it was TFCon 2014 or 2015, uh, 2014, I think he was kind of cheap there. Whatever year he came out, the make toys people brought a few and sold them for like wholesale price. And I got one of them. And uh, that's a pretty darn neat toy. The, the weird thing, though, about third party headmasters is of all the ones I've seen, I think Function X, like Quadruple U, that line is the only line that tries to hide the robot face when the head turns into a little robot. All the other ones just wear the face upside down on their back. Uh, it's the, the Function X line that actually tries to fold the face away a little bit, or at least cover it with something. 
uh, when it's a backpack. Everyone else seems to have just sort of given in and been like, no, you know what? It's okay. We'll just have an upside down face on the back of this little robot's backpack. And like that always bummed me out on high price things because it's like I can understand, you know, Titan Masters having the upside down face. But it's like <clears throat> your toy is like, you know, hundred some bucks. I hope at least it was on the drawing board to have the face fold away somehow. <laughs> Otherwise, that's a bummer. Well, how big were those heads? Because even the original headmasters, which were much bigger than the, the modern Titan Masters, it seems like it would be kind of tricky to to have the face go somewhere. At the time, like, <clears throat> I think Function X's headmasters are some of the smallest ones, but like, you know, and they're the one that was doing stuff to hide the face, like Toy Worlds and, and the Make Toys ones. Maybe the Make Toys one hides the face, and I'm just forgetting. But the Toy World ones, I remember, those headmasters, I think, were as big or slightly larger than G1 headmasters. Uh, but they just wore the face as a backpack. Um, again, this is all <clears throat> old uh, memories. I might be forgetting if, like, through the line, like, they, they got better than what I remember with Hardbone. But, uh, yeah, I, I always had hoped to see more interesting ways to hide the face in, in third-party stuff. That just never seemed to really be a focus for a lot of those figures. Um, and like you know, a lot of a lot of them end up bigger. Like the the Iron Factory Scorponok actually has a teeny tiny headmaster because he's like a legend sized, well, legend scale Scorponok, so he's like a deluxe. But Scorponok's got like a tiny tiny head and that big helmet, so his headmaster is like a world smallest type of thing. Uh, and in that case, it's like yeah, you know, the face probably can't disappear. Um. Seth, like, is there anything, like, you know, as, as someone who's very careful with how they entered into that scene right now, like, what would you, what would get you interested in a headmaster on an unofficial marketplace? Well, before it would have been just the fact that there were no new headmasters. But right now, with that being the lion gimmick out of Hasbro, it's not that weird thing from the past anymore yeah so and then you know like i've mentioned in the past headmasters happened in that window where uh i decided i was too old for toys and long before i got back into collecting so it's part of that window where like i appreciate some of the designs but i don't have like a nostalgia for it so like i have the new chrome dome sitting on my desk right now and i look over at it and i think that's a that's a cool figure like i like this toy uh but i'm i don't have that deep connection to chrome dome where i need like the ultimate masterpiece chrome dome yeah yeah so i i think i'm kind of out of needing third party uh headmasters yeah, I, if uh, somebody did a set of like really weird, quirky Titan Master size heads that were compatible with Titan Masters, that might be interesting. Uh, but, I was about to throw out there uh, <laughs> X Two Toys a couple months ago put on display a whole bunch of Titan Master related stuff that they were working on just in gray prototypes. Uh, there's like an exo suit for solo Titan Masters to use, um, but then there also seemed to be some straight up like new titan masters that were like more poseable slightly nicer looking in their robot modes that could then turn into a compatible head 
I really hope that that stuff moves forward sooner than later. And X2 has some info on that in the next few months, because I thought those projects look really exciting. Like, I love the idea of an exosuit for a Titan master to use when he's like, you know, not being ahead. Uh, it just it was it seemed like a cool way to enhance the play pattern. Um, and it helped that the, that the exosuit also just looked neat. Uh, I think there's one other thing coming out called the Garage, which are little storage pods for Titan Masters that can turn into, like, small tanks that can all, like, combine together if you have a few of them and become, like, a, a big old tank or, like, a little fortress. Hmm. Um, I, I'm hoping all that stuff actually comes out and turns out well, because I, I like it when unofficial things work in parallel to a line gimmick that's going on at the time. Like, I like the idea of that. Um... That'd be interesting if somebody did like a an exosuit kind of a deal reminiscent of what the GoBots did, where they had those little suits that you stuck your GoBots in and then those combined into a bigger robot. That would be super cool. Like if there was a core jet that could turn into a torso for them. Uh I'd be way into that. So uh, yeah. I, I hope I hope that, that stuff all moves forward because it seems like X2 Toys and the guys doing the, the garage stuff are the only companies that are super interested in any of this right now. Outside of like some Shapeways efforts, which I certainly don't mean to diminish. It's just Shapeways stuff is naturally more expensive because it's got to be printed. Uh, anyway, I hope, I hope that answered your question, Carito. I've got one more for us from Alzabanur. Uh, and this one, Seth, says it is directed to the odd podcast. Yay. Uh, I don't actually know why, because this is very much about Iron Factory. Well, he kind of says, if you read all the way through. All right. Uh, I read all the way through. Did you not read all the way through? I just saw the part where he said, Chris, I hate you. And I thought maybe I should just take this one raw uh, <laughs> when we get to the, to the recording. This was a rare case where I did have time to read the listener questions before we started. All right. Well, a lot of times I'm hearing them for the first time when you're reading them. He says, Chris, I hate you because the Iron Factory is killing me by upping their game on each release. Uh, recently, I pre-ordered the Ultimate Commander uh, for two reasons. One, the Optimus, and second, the Bonus Elita, which brings me to this question. What are your opinions on Fembots? You want more? You like the ones released? Any ones your favorite? And which characters do you want? I aim this one to the odds, since Seth with his girlfriend can be in the spot that I am in with my wife. If uh, it's a nice figure, she's very dismissive, but on some Fembots, she's totally in. Also, her favorite is Elita. And I think that so far, the one I enjoy the most is the Iron Factory version uh, for my own likes. Thanks. I love the show. Also, are you planning to review the Lord Scorpion? Uh, Alza Benur, I am planning to review the Lord Scorpion, but I, I'm doing the stupid thing where I have like almost everything Iron Factory's put out. I've reviewed one thing they put out. I want to review it all in order up to a certain point. Uh, so I, I don't know when I'll review it, but I certainly want to because I like their stuff a lot. Uh, Seth, Fembots. How you feel about uh, about fembots? I'm fine with them. I'm I'm cool with fembots. I think we're in a a really nice place with fembots right now, where there are way more coming out. It's like it's not an event now when a female Transformers character gets a toy. Yeah, uh, which is wonderful. Like it's still kind of an event because they still are few and far between. But like, you know, it's gone from oh my god, they're releasing an RC to uh, oh hey, a second Windblades come out because she's also in Rid. <laughs> It's gone from, oh my god, they're releasing to an RC, to, oh my god, they're doing another RC. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also, like, oh, they're releasing a female character who isn't called RC. What's yeah. going on? <laughs> strong arm. Yeah, strong arm's freaking cool. 
Uh, I found out because I, I caught up on Rid that the repaint of Quillfire is also a female character. She's actually got a pretty hilarious voice because she's like a, a weird southern coal miner. Uh, anyway, uh, I, I think that uh, I want more fembots released for sure. I like I like lots of the ones that have come out because recently they're they're better at being solid toys rather than being like really skinny figures that fold up into a pod. Uh, which is sort of the way you could describe stuff like, oh, what's her name? Uh, that Cybertron figure that turned into a boat. Oh, yeah. Thunderblast. Yeah, with the giant legs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or like, you know, some of the first first takes on trying to do a G1 RC where she's like this, this super lanky kind of rickety figure who just folds up into a ball underneath a backpack. Um. Yeah, uh, Seth, what are you what are you looking for in fembots right now? Like, what what else do you want? Um, I don't know if there's anything specifically I want. Um, as long as they just keep you know improving and doing cool stuff, mm-hmm. um, with the figures. I mean, there's like those, um, like Headmaster Juniors. There, there's that. Uh, what's her name? The oh Minerva. Minerva, yeah, like they could do a Minerva and Titan Masters. That'd be all right. Yeah, uh, if, they, if they wanted to. I don't actually. I, I'm really surprised that they did Nightbeat in Japan as the pack-in figure with with. Uh, I think it was with with Rewind. Yeah, it was with Rewind. Uh, they they did that character as Nightbeat rather than Minerva. So they've kind of left the door open on Minerva. And I'm like, does that mean you're thinking of doing something really cool, or are you just leaving Minerva out? <laughs> Yeah. Um, I hope they're not leaving her out. Doesn't seem like the after after having done that huge feature release of like three fembot Decepticon Predacons a couple months ago, like I'm, I'm pretty sure they'll do Minerva. Uh, I'm just looking forward to figures of of fembots that do not have like the Elite One RC type of body. Like, uh, Mastermind is doing a Striker uh, called Titanica, who looks super dang cool. Yeah. Um, and we've got more new toys of strong arm coming out. Who's got a, another really cool body type. So it's man. Fembots, I think are, it's not like we're in a, we're in the best place now. Like we could always use more, but like, it seems like we're just in the up and up. Yeah. And what's interesting with like strong arm and, and, uh, and strike, is they don't use all the sort of gender signifier, gimmicks that tend to happen with female transformers mm-hmm. um like high heel feet that doesn't really make sense <laughs> yeah like why would a robot have high heel feet <laughs> um but sort of prepping for this question i asked my girlfriend like so what what is it that you like in the figures that you like like are there color schemes that you like that do just like um rc because she's pink um and she goes no like i like all kinds of color schemes i just like cool color schemes and like we were sitting in this room and she picked up the the uh the um chrome dome i have sitting here and she goes i like these colors like I like the brown and this sort of cream color. It's it's interesting. It's different. Mm. I'm like, okay. And then, so, like, why do you like RC over the other characters? And it goes, I don't know. I just like RC. And she goes, I, I'm, I'm okay. Like, well, what do you like with 
vehicle modes do you prefer like real world licensed vehicle modes like the masterpieces or actual cars or do you like more fanciful things she goes well what do you mean by that and i said well like and i held up chrome dome who's in car mode right now and i'm like like this this is not a real car this is kind of a sci-fi muscle car and she goes well i just like when the vehicle's cool looking like i like cosmos because he's a cool retro ufo and she goes, and I like those masterpieces because it's cool that they turn into real cars. But then I also like this because it looks like something from Mad Max. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so basically you just like what you like because you like it. And you can't really be put in a box. She mm. just likes the things that she likes. Yeah. because Like there's no like, she doesn't have like a laser focus. Like I only like these colors or only like this character. Like, there are characters that she likes, but she doesn't like Cosmos because of the characterization of Cosmos. She likes that he turns into a retro UFO. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of the, the way a lot of fans end up boiling down. Like, even even fans I've talked to who are who will start a conversation going like, you know, I only like this. Eventually, they'll mention like, oh, but I also like this thing. And you're like, oh, why? And it's like, I just think it looks cool. It's like, all right. So, you know, everyone's got varied tastes. Everyone's got exceptions to their rules. Uh, and like you said, eventually it's 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 kind of difficult to put people in a box because <laughs> hu- the human psyche does not uh, suit itself super well to being in a box. Um, but yeah, I uh, to be to be honest, if we're going to talk about Iron Factory fembots in particular, uh, I, I I I think we said this, this is going to be the third time uh, that, that I'm going to say this. Damn, I would love it if they would include an alternate head that that does not have the super googly big eyes. Um, I don't mind that head sculpt. I just would, yeah. would I would like to see some alternate head sculpts that aesthetically fit in with the rest of their oeuvre because like they do some pretty darn good head sculpts. Uh, like their their uh, sludge from their five pack of Dinobots, lovely head sculpt based on uh, on some comic book art and. Yeah, I just I wish the Fembots had an, an option to fit in with that stuff a bit better as far as the yeah, face sculpts go. We talked about that a couple episodes ago. Yeah. Like it'd be nice if there was like a serious head as an option to the um what I don't know why Siri just activated and started <laughs> dictating what I was saying. You she know, just turned on and started dictating what I was saying. Hey, I'm Siri um, and I just want to mention I, I I would like to also have a serious head. Yeah. Whereas like it would be nice if they had the serious head. As an option to the cutesy poo head. Yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with cutesy poo. Just I, I like it when that's kind of the, the thing we, we put on for, for festive cutesy poo times. Uh, whatever those may be for you and your household. Uh, anyway, hope that answered your question. Um, Al Zabanur. Uh, we're going to move into some what we got this week. Super exciting section. Going to be real action packed. Seth, tell me about all those things you got. I didn't. Week. You didn't. No, it was a non-on-topic week. I still haven't been able to open that Alpha Trial on an Astro Train yet. Ah. Those are still unboxed. It's just in the run-up to Thanksgiving, there was no time for any of that stuff. Yeah, no worries. Um, I actually picked up those two with uh, a Target cartwheel gift receipt thing. Gift receipt thing? It's the thing I scanned, and they gave me 20% off. Yeah, I had last time I went to Target, I went with that code in hand, uh, but there was nothing there. Uh, the, these were the only things there. I was I was actually kind of bummed out because it was like, hey, 20 percent off your entire purchase. And I was like, oh, 
like, hey, maybe I'll find uh, a new Black Series figure. Maybe I'll find something else. Maybe I'll find this. Like, no, nah, it's just those two figures. And I'm like, you know, it's not like I want excuses to spend more money, but that could have been 20% off a whole lot more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Get it while you can. Uh, I, I, uh, I, am, I am surprised how much I like these two figures, given uh, how kind of lukewarm I felt on the two of them uh, after messing with Aaron's uh, in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, Alpha Trion does a whole lot of things wrong, but a whole lot of things right. And the things he does right, I really like. Uh, I, I, Alpha Trion's a weird toy that there are plenty of reasons why one might not like him. But if any part of him clicks with you, like, holy crap, it clicks real hard. Um, I kind of like this figure. Uh, and Astro Train. I, d- I wanted to be mean to Astro Train. Because I, I spent the whole time just going like, this is just to repaint a Sentinel Prime. And I like Sentinel Prime more. Nah. Uh, Astro Train is like aggressively, how do I put this? He's aggressively adequate at everything he does. It's like, hey, maybe your colors aren't going to be so good. And he's like, yeah, well, guess what? All my plastic colors are great. Okay. <laughs> uh, hey, guess what? My Headmaster face sculpt is pretty okay. Hey, guess what? Both my alt modes look topical. It's like, okay. Like, I... Astro Train's just like really angrily being pretty okay at what he does. Uh, so I'm, I'm happy with the two of them. Certainly happier that they were on sale. Um, but yeah. Uh, I didn't get any other Transformers stuff this week, but I, I did get Transforming Robots stuff this week. Okay. I got uh, I got me uh, the new... Actually, three. I, I got the Psykill as well. Um, of, of, I also got the Mixer and Blackbird Robo from the uh, the Action Toys Machine Robo series. Uh, those updated uh, Machine Robo who happen to be the same toys that they made the GoBots out of. Um, the uh, I just want to talk quickly about about Bike Robo, who is the toy that was you know made into Psykill. Uh, this figure was delayed uh, to make his wheels work a little bit better and a little bit more like, you know, be able to roll properly and stuff. And they do. Um, it's, just, it's just like I don't I don't hate the figure. I kind of like him, but he is definitely the weakest figure in the line uh, by far. Uh, he has the most parts forming and the least solidity in both modes. And I think a big part of it is the fact that. He has the same problem the original toy did from back in uh, in the eighties, which is when you when you plug the the wheels into his shoulders, they they kind of fall out easier than they should. Uh, they they just plug in, they peg in, uh, and I think that something needed to click in there somehow, or it had to be some kind of. I wish there was a feeling of solidity pushing them in rather than just like you wedge them into the socket and then you're posing them and hey maybe your finger fulcrums the wheel back out of its socket and then it tumbles across the table it's like it's kind of a bummer um otherwise like you know the delivery on the colors and everything and the feel of the figures is still pretty darn good like he's got some uh, hefty die cast in his legs uh, which means the back end of the motorcycle is nice and heavy um it's just that he's very much like the lesser experience i've had in this entire line uh i came around on eagle robo the leader one uh figure mm-hmm. But this this bike robo is like just he he has all of his faults are the same ones the original toy had. And something about that is like, you know, I guess that's respectful. But something about it's also like sort of a bummer. (laughs) Yeah, I just I really like the robot mode, though. Yeah, the robot mode's great. And I I think I'm also just bummed out because I'm like they it's such a clever solution to get rid of that parts forming engine block. But then it's like the handlebars parts form. Like, what did you guys do? Um, 
totally different story with Mixer Robo and Blackbird Robo. Mixer uh, turns into a cement truck. You might know him as the GoBot Blockhead. Uh, this toy still has that fantastic transformation moment of, like, the cement mixer drum wedging into the upper torso and the top flipping around to become the head. And then, like, the upper torso being the cab that's, like, kind of folded in on itself. He still does all that really cool stuff. Uh, as a to- as a modern toy, he's he's ever so slightly too finicky uh, to, to have, like, like, he locks together really well, but... I find it can sometimes be a bit of a task to get him to lock together in a way where all six of his wheels are also happily resting on the table. Like, you know, when you get a, a vehicle mode where there's a bit of a bit of wobble, like a loose table leg um, that sometimes happens with him. It's, it's just sort of tricky because his arms locked everything together in the front really well. His back half locks together dead solid, but the front wheels are on this hinge and ball joint system that doesn't have a super solid place to lock in. It's just a little bit of floatiness. Uh, Otherwise, like I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy with him. I love that he just comes with a pair of like just really threatening-looking combat knives, uh, and then like they can be the smokestacks for his truck mode, but they just kind of look like two giant knives stuck on the side of a cement truck. Yeah, uh, which is sort of endearing in a way. Um, knives seem like a weird weapon choice for a cement truck. I know, like, I, <laughs> and he doesn't look like a guy who would fight with two knives. Like, he looks like a dumpy, weird, heavy fellow. He looks like a dude that would have a sledgehammer. Yeah. <laughs> but he's got two, like, he, he's a friggin', like, militia-style knife fighter. Uh, also, uh, he's got really big die-cast on him. Those two blocks on his legs that have the wheels on them. Uh-huh. Uh, the red parts are solid die-cast, along with the plate that connects him to the leg, I believe. Oh, no, just the, just the things on the sides. And then... Uh, two-thirds of the mixing drum is die-cast. Basically, the, the whole chunk of it that isn't his head is a solid piece of die-cast, so he's really heavy. Um, is, black- there, is there a risk of him tipping backwards? So I haven't had that problem at all, uh, which is weird because his heel flaps are in a prime position to make him fall down because they, they fold out of the back of his feet, but then they can fold up a little bit too far so that they're not actually touching the floor. So you can you have to push them back down, and they're just on pins. But all that said, like I've not had much trouble posing him so far. I've, I've I haven't done a ton of crazy poses with him, but the front the front chunk of his feet, like the, those are big feet, and he's he's pretty good at staying standing in my experience. But I haven't gone too crazy with him yet. Um, oh, also his mixing drum can still spin in uh, vehicle mode, which is a lovely little little touch. And then if you want, you can spin it around and fold his face out of it so that he's like a spinning face on a mixing drum and he just looks real sad. Um, but the, man, the Blackbird. Blackbird is possibly my new favorite figure in the line. Uh, it's 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 like, if I'm going to be more objective, I'd say Blackbird and Battle, the tank, are the two joined best figures in the line. Um, but Blackbird does a whole lot of stuff right. It's super simple to transform but does such a good silhouette conversion to become an SR-71. The only problem I have is that, again, like, everything has a place to go, but there's just, like, a lot of it is just stuff resting against each other and not, like, click-tabbing together. And so that means there can be a little bit of wiggliness in the middle of the jet mode. But, like, uh, the figure just feels great. The transformation is, is super logical, Feels like just a, a a very slight extension of the original 80s toys transformation. 
And then uh, the diecast content on this figure is uh, like those two engine blocks with the with the twin tail fins on each one. Like those things are just solid metal right on the bottoms of the legs. Uh, feels great. And then uh, the figure's got like just a, he's got this pair of like machine gun things, which you can entirely leave off if you don't like them. Uh, the vehicle mode almost is better without them attached because if you attach them, uh, you can't really use the front landing gear very well because the front landing gear won't reach the floor. Uh, the the guns will be more like a pair of landing skids. Uh, but it's 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 a really good feeling toy. Um, I've seen some reports that the shoulder joints might might be a bit loose on some copies, and that's a shame. Uh, mine seem all, seem pretty all right so far. And uh, the other thing about the figure that's so cool is it's a, it's a it's a lovely update to one of the more rare original GoBots Machine Robo's pieces, uh, and it so much is an extension of that old toy. Whereas you know some of these figures are way more complicated than the original ones. This one is kind of just as complicated as the original GoBots figure Snoop or uh, in, in Europe, Sky Spy or Blackbird Robo in Japan. And it's it's such a good representation of what is one of the easier uh, Grail pieces to get from uh, Machine Robo, the original line. Uh, it's, it's a really lovely release in just about every way. Like, I, I super like the Blackbird and the, the alt mode just looks so good. Just an SR-71 and Aaron's got me all into the into the mythos of being on team sr-71 and how it's the best jet ever made or something people having out-of-body experiences piloting it <laughs> aaron's a good salesperson for the sr-71 let me tell you i was really into the sr-71 in my teenage years i built like multiple models and had multiple die cast uh models <laughs> or <Yeah>. toys <laughs> of them uh would watch documentaries about it. Like I saw a pilot, an SR-71 pilot in one of these documentaries describe piloting an SR-71 as long periods of extreme boredom punctuated by instances of, of stark raving terror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The SR-71. I, every time I learn more about just the, the mythos of that, that plane, it's like, uh, it makes me it makes me even more happy about this figure because, <laughs> like, you know, Transformers had an SR seventy one in the form. I think there was a MicroMaster, but you know, everyone remembers Movie Jetfire as the big Transformers SR seventy one, and it wasn't a very good toy, and it wasn't, an, you know, it wasn't the most fun thing to mess around with. And then the design was one of was a fairly movie design, which you know you were into or not. Blackbird Robo is just like, hey, do you like SR seventy ones? Do you like transforming robots? They made this toy for you. Um, I, I would super recommend it to anybody who just thinks the, the SR seventy one is a cool plane. Like this little thing is 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 lovely, uh, and it comes with you know the they they all come with a copy of the Machine Robo uh, modular display stand that Action Toys made. So. Now I've got six of those, so I can start plugging those things all together to be some kind of monstrous miniature diorama. Um, just very happy with these figures. The, all these Machine Robo figures Action Toy is doing, now there's six of them out, and I, and I got to mess with, uh, you know, as, as best I could, I got to mess with some great prototypes of some of the other upcoming ones at TFCon, and, like, all the figures have got a little bit of inborn floatiness and, and, and jank to them, uh... But if you go in expecting that, 
and you and you go in as someone who likes machine robo as a design style like they're just lovely um and it's it's just you got you got to go in and remember that these are not these are not being made by um you know the hasbro not being made by takara tomi or bandai these are being made by action toys perhaps they're working with a third-party company i still am not entirely sure um but there's there's bits of these designs that end up a little bit floaty um which just means they're not perfect but they're so good at the parts that they're good at uh like you said like with bike robo like that robot mode is so good uh that a piece like blackbird is is super recommended even if you're not interested in the whole line like i like this figure a lot kind of want to get a second one um anyway that's that's, why do you need a second one you just love it so much you feel like you gotta buy it again or is there a plan for it there's no plan it's just like you know i like this figure a lot i wouldn't mind having like a spare one in case something happens to this one to keep on the other coast that's right my west coast (laughs) blackbird and I get one in the middles that I can use to travel between the two coasts. <laughs> Riding on my t- my tiny little Blackbird toy. <laughs> um, the only other stuff I got, because uh, I picked up a big bad toy store delivery while I was visiting here. Uh, I got that 112 Collective Armored Batman, the Do You Bleed Batman. Uh-huh. Uh, his left knee was disassembled inside the costume. Uh Oosh. And you like so the figure kind of worked, but his left knee, like the way that something on his upper thigh would peg down into the knee joint and that would just come loose. And so his his leg would, you know, since the fabric costume can't come off, it would look like one of his legs would start stretching. Uh, And it kind of bothered me. So I emailed Big Bad Toy Store and I, I even shot a little video with my cell phone to just illustrate the problem. And I'm like, I'm not sure if there's anything you can do, but let me know. They replied by sending me a FedEx shipping label. But they never told me they were. They didn't tell me what it was for. So I'm like, you know, I'm assuming, <laughs> I'm assuming they want me to just send them the entire figure back. So we'll see. Um, but that was a bit of a bummer. Because um, otherwise, like messing with the toy a little bit, it certainly was pretty pretty cool. Like the the cape. Uh, I actually don't know if I like the cape more or less than the 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 Frank Miller Batman because it doesn't it doesn't have those uh, what is it those vinyl strips in it that that kind of cause those natural yeah. folds. Um, but it hangs, it's a much heavier cloth, so it still hangs really well. Um, other than that, I didn't really mess with any of the accessories cause I was just like, can I get a replacement so that the knee isn't separating? Cause that's wigging me out a little bit <laughs> and it's a bummer cause you cannot open the costume up. So I, there's no way I could check to see if the, there's any way I could repair it. Um, I also got the 112 collective judge dread bike. I haven't really messed with it yet. Just like I got it cause I have their judge dread, uh, the bike comes in a. What did you pay for it? Big Bad wanted one twenty five. Oh, I saw really? that's all. Yeah, for the solo bike. Oh, okay. Because Big Bad has. Oh, I saw. Yeah, the on sale. Yeah, the preview set went down to one sixty five or something. Yeah, I was really tempted, but I just don't think like, I'm going to keep passing. I don't. I I know it's topical. But I just don't really like how Judge Dredd looks with that really light metallic blue. Yeah. Uh it's it's entirely perfect for the era of the comic book series that they're homaging with that figure. It's just like it super isn't my aesthetic at all. Um but here's the thing. So you, so that's a bundle set, right? With a bike and a figure. So I've seen videos like that set, the preview set, it's a pretty big box with two boxes inside, a box for the figure and a box for the bike. 
the solo bike is packaged in the same packaging. Huh. So it's a gigantic box. You open it up, and then there's a sizable box filling up 25% of the space inside that has printing on it that says, this box is filler. There is no figure inside. <laughs> and then there's another box inside the box that has the bike in it, which is in a giant foam coffin that's about 30% bigger than it needs to be. This is the epitome of wasteful packaging, <laughs> <laughs> the solo Judge Dredd Lawmaster bike. Um but, you know, that that having been said, like, the bike looks great. I, I pulled it out just to take a look at it. Um, it comes with the batteries it needs, like the, the AAA batteries. I haven't installed them yet. Um, but it's basically the bike, four AAAs, and a pair of gripping hands for Judge Dredd to grip the handlebars. Uh, the, the bike looks really good. It looks real, real dead solid. And when I get back to Canada, uh, waiting for me at the post office will be the similarly scaled 3A 112 scale uh, Judge Dredd and Lawmaster set. Hmm. So probably in a week or two, I'll be able to give a pretty good rundown of how the two different companies nearly identical offerings feel uh, in, in comparison to each other. Like they're both going for different artists aesthetics. So like their figures, certainly the figures and the bikes even more. So look incredibly different from each other. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see like the two 112 scale dreads and bikes next to each other. Uh, that's that's kind of the reason why I got the Mezco bike because I was like I I know I'm getting the 3A one so I I want to compare them and I have the store credit so do this yeah even in those metallic blue colors though that that other one the the bundle set at 170 is really tempting super like that that bike has so many features it's got if like, I if I didn't already have a standalone dread figure. Yeah. I'd probably just eat it on the on the metallic blue color. Um but once I already have a judge a judge dread, nah. Yeah. And like the you know, the solo bike it matches his like darker color scheme perfectly. Yeah. And like it, I think it looks better than the previous one. But like yeah, the bike has got like I think three three or four different sound effect buttons and then three different light circuits on it. Uh so it's like headlights, taillights, and control console. Yeah. It's pretty neat. And the control console is really cool looking. I'm looking at pictures of it right now lit up, and the control console is really cool. I'm just, I'm happy that they included batteries. Like, uh, Armored Batman also included a pair of watch batteries to go into his head to light his eyes up. And it's like, high-end toys that include the batteries. Like, do you know how many brownie points that is for me? Like, tons. <laughs> Like, holy, I hate buying all kinds of weird size watch batteries. It's just annoying. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's, I think that that's about the gist of, uh, of what I got this week. I, I got some, well, I got some vintage GoBots off eBay. I don't know if you care about those. Yeah. Uh, I got, Why not? A, Go I got, for a, it. I got the orange version of Buggy Man. Cool. Uh, I got Stallion. Uh, the blue, they are. The blue, the blue <laughs> Renegade Thug car, Stallion. Uh, his buddy, the gold car stinger. And then I got, uh, after all these years of having the European fully orange or Japanese and European fully orange version of spoons, the forklift, uh, I now have, uh, an American version of spoons with the cream colored chest. So now I'm spoons complete until I try to get, you know, the original machine robo pokey box or something. Uh, I also got another puzzler cause I, I want a perfect puzzler. Uh, a perfect puzzler. 
And I, I got a I got a carded GoBot. He's the uh, he's the fire truck. His name is Pumper. And uh, I believe I got this one carded for a pretty good deal, like about twenty twenty five bucks. And I did that because Pumper is like one of the only GoBots to come with a separate gun. And he comes with this tiny little pistol. It's like a chrome silver pistol that's about the size of a pea if you cut a pea in half. Uh, hmm. So getting like finding Pumper loose complete is borderline impossible. So getting one on a card where the card's all beat up so you don't care if you open it is perfect because then you know the gun is in there. Uh, it's rattling around right next to his ladder. So I haven't opened him yet because I, I, I'm going to do that once I get back to, to Toronto. But uh, the next GoBot with tiny parts I, I want to track down is Dozer the Bulldozer because he's also got a pair of small, often missing parts on loose copies. Um, that's been your GoBot minute. Uh, that's all I got this week. So, uh, Seth, I think, I think we're done. Unless there's anything else you want to cover. Well, I never did my off topic stuff. Oh, I, I <laughs> assumed you meant you got nothing this week. When you were no, I said I, I got an off topic thing. Oh, I was just, just like not listening. One. Yeah. Well, what? Of course not. Yeah. That's, that's just me. Egomaniac. Yeah. <laughs> Seth, did you get anything? I don't topic think about week? what's important to me. Um, yeah, just like a really quick thing I got last night that isn't toy related, it's booze related, but it's still kind of neat. I sent you a link to my Twitter tweet about it. Mm-hmm. So this time of year is when like all the crazy like alcohol gift sets start appearing in markets. Um, so it, it's like some crazy box with like a bottle of whatever liquor and something else like a couple glasses or a cocktail shaker or a flask or whatever they're coming with a set of coasters um so last night um i had to run into the store for something and there was the big display of stuff and there was a crown royal set i'm like ah crown royal is like it's a good enough utility whiskey like an inexpensive whiskey that i could that that i'll get from time to time just to have an inexpensive whiskey that i could drink and not feel like i'm wasting the the good stuff yeah um and it came with this neat little glass and a coaster and if you look at the pictures you can see i've been looking (laughs) in in the base of the glass it's like that laser etched three-dimensional kind of thing and it's a crown on a pillow and then so i'm opening the box this morning and i take the glass out first because it's all like in this big blister plastic blister i'm like well this is the most breakable thing i don't want this to pop out while i'm trying to pry other things out so let me get that out okay let me get the bottle out get that out now let me start getting this coaster out and that's the first time i realized the coaster was plastic i'm like that's weird why is it is this a co? Is this supposed to be a coaster? Like it's weird that it's plastic. Is this supposed to be something else? And then I start thinking, like, D- does this light up or something? And I pop it out, and sure enough, there's a battery compartment on the back. And I'm like, whoa! And I pull the little plastic tab out of the battery thing to, so it's active, active. And I set it down. And I put the glass on top, and there's this tiny little light in the dead center that's lined up to shoot straight up into that laser etched three-dimensional crown 
inside yeah. the base of the glass. And man, is it cool looking when it lights up. I did I didn't want to blow your story here, but like when you sent when I looked at these photos, I was about ready to go like holy crap, that's the coolest thing I've seen all day. Because uh, that looks awesome. Yeah. And the the glass, when you look at it from the side, the glass magnifies the the little crown and pillow. When you look at it like straight down or straight up from the bottom of the glass, you see just how tiny that thing is. Yeah, it's so tiny in there, but there's just like a neat effect of the glass that magnifies it when you look at it from the side. No, that's just super freaking like I, I wouldn't even I I would almost get that for the glass. I'd like I don't gift gift the crown royal to someone else. Throw the bottle out the window. (laughs) Yes, throw it out the window because whatever. Screw you, Canada. As a product of Canada, you should have like some pride in it or something. I listen. I got pride in a lot of things. <laughs> All right, let me tell you about maple syrup. It's ta- it tastes good on waffles. That's my maple syrup story. Yeah. Well, head out to. Uh, I don't know what the, the rules are in New York State for where you can buy hard alcohol. You can buy it in supermarkets in California because we're cool like that. Mm. Um. But yeah, I don't know. Look around, see if you can find it. All right. I, I would, it was like twenty five bucks. I wonder how much the it is to get that laser etching done because that seems like a really cool novelty thing for someone to do for like just about anything. I've I've seen booze and stuff different places that do it. There there seem to be one every twenty five yards. When last time I was in Las Vegas, there was a booth that would laser etch stuff and all kinds of things. So it'd be so cool um, to, to just have like different things etched in the bottom of glasses where you put them on like a light up coaster and it's it's like holograms. Yeah. yeah. But it was re- like, yeah, I just got it because I thought the glass was cool. I had no idea what the coaster. Yeah. And then my girlfriend comes down. I got up. I got up about an hour before her this morning. And uh, I'm like, don't think about it. Just walk over there. Put the glass on the coaster. She's like, all right. Oh, my God, that's so cool. Did you know it did this? I'm like, no, I had no idea. <laughs> oh, that's She's great. like, man, this is way cooler now. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I always love those gift sets when they pop up around this time of year and, like, look at them all and see, like, oh, that glass is kind of cool, but I can't stand this tequila, so I'm not going to buy it. That's my favorite part of going through Duty Free is seeing those things. Where it's like, hey, if you buy the, you know, whatever, the huge, the huge bottle of potential garbage, we're going to give you all these little, little tchotchkes that are super neat. Yeah. So, yep, it's cool. Um, too bad Thanksgiving's already come and gone. You could have picked it up and then taken it over to, to dinner and been real instead cool. of a bottle of wine, like a lot of people do. I could, I could have been, <laughs> I could have been super cool. Yeah, here you go. Then, like, uh, actually, we're sober in this house. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but just put the glass down on that coaster. It's it's really we, cool. Uh, we almost went bankrupt in the '90s from alcoholism, and you're bringing this into our house. Yeah, but you monster. Uh, yeah, but you monster. Uh, put, put put the glass on the coaster. Look, look what that does. Boom! Oh, Canada. And then while you're looking at the the light up thing, they're chugging the whole bottle. <laughs> Basically, yes. You monster. I anyway. am a monster. It's neat. Uh, then I got one toy. Oh. So um went to Toys R Us last weekend. 
and they had like 30 of the Toys R Us exclusive Rogue One uh, hover tank stormtrooper. Oh, I, I saw that guy over here when I did my little my little uh, shopping tour. He's really great. He looks cool. I really like it. I like it a lot more than the Shore Trooper. Uh, it's very similar helmet design, but um, I love the color, like the the kind of dirty off white color that it is. Uh, I don't know why I like it so much. I just do. Yeah. I mean, it it doesn't do anything particularly impressive. I mean, it's it's a you know it, as far as articulation and stuff go, it's it's a black series figure it does all the stuff it's supposed to do just for some reason just that shade of white i really dig it it was Um, it was really eye-catching like from across the aisle like i that's what i almost was gonna gonna skip looking at the star wars figures and i saw that thing and i was like oh i want to know what that is like it it burst out of that packaging yeah so it's a cool it's cool um but uh, i got into it on twitter uh the next day where it's like so this movie takes place very soon before episode four so now we have these new types of stormtroopers these variant stormtroopers this hover tank pilot shore trooper death trooper um that have a similar helmet design between the three of them the death trooper helmet is is a bit different than the short trooper and tank trooper, which are more closely resembling each other. But there's like a sharp angularness to the helmet design Mm -hmm. that feels more modern than the classic stormtrooper design that is also in the movie. Like there are regular ass original trilogy stormtroopers. Um, but just like the the sharp angularness, it doesn't feel like it fits that time period of Star Wars as much. Because like the the regular stormtrooper, the snowtrooper, the the Adat driver, the scout, all those helmets seem like they came from the same time period. These feel like a more modern design. Yeah, they're they're not like the the. The um, um, new trilogy uh, First Order Stormtrooper helmet style, which looks like it was developed by Johnny Ives over at Apple, um, which are a lot rounder, sleeker, but just the sharpness of it seems different. And then that brings up the the thing that I have, like anything that's set, especially this close to the original trilogy is like, okay, well... Where was this new style of TIE fighter for the original trilogy? Why weren't these anywhere ever again? Yeah. And then I actually saw a video this morning on YouTube somebody made trying to justify all that stuff. Like, well, this new TIE fighter is designed for atmospheric flight. So there was never a need for it. Like, you didn't need it at the Battle of Hoth because you had the AT-ATs there. It's like, well, don't you think some atmospheric tie fighter would have been handy to have against those pesky little snow speeders that was buzzing around tripping them up um but then he explained that away with well maybe they're not designed to deal with such a harsh cold climate so okay fine 
Um, and then the U-Wing is a troop transport, so you never saw an opportunity for that because the only time you saw Rebels fighting on the ground in the original trilogy was the Battle of Endor, and they had already snuck down to Endor sometime before. And so the, the guy had some decent explanations for all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but it's still... the This helmet design just doesn't quite seem to fit. And, and I still like it. It's still a yeah. cool helmet design, and I'll get over it. I'm not so, like, out of my head. Uh, <laughs> um, I can't believe they've done about this. It, that, yeah. Like, they, they ruined my childhood. I think... I think uh... I don't know. The the thing about about trying to explain it now is like to me the just the big question is is the film like am I like I'm just going to see if the film's going to do one thing or not. It's a binary thing. Will it or will it not have a scene where they very blatantly go like ah this is why you never saw this again. Well, um, I well with the death trooper I assume that they were like the elite soldiers of this director Kranich guy. And I don't expect this director guy to survive to the end credits. Yeah. I expect him to die. And so maybe the death troopers go with him sort of a thing. Like, okay, that was this guy's pet project thing. And without him anymore, nobody's bothering maintaining the death trooper squads or squad. It There could, for all we know, there's 10 of these guys, period. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but it makes it almost makes you want to like stop all those three three quarter inch collectors who are like trying to buy like fifty of them already, and go like, hey hey, what if there are only five? Yeah, and well, I think you might see six in the trailer. There's like a shot with Kranich and a bunch of Death Troopers. Okay, I, I have, I'm not I sure how many there were. It, it was less than ten in the shot, but um, I watched the trailer once on my phone, and that was about it. Yeah. But like I and then then I understand why you don't see the shore trooper because that's a specialized terrain soldier. So you know they wouldn't be on Hoth, they wouldn't be on Endor because they're so specifically designed for beaches. <laughs> like what a strangely specific thing you need <laughs> for the beach planets. Yeah, because every planet in Star Wars is one type of terrain. So <laughs> the beach planet. Um. Yeah, but you know it's it's a really cool figure. I like it, and I'm looking forward to Rogue One. And maybe I should wait till I see the movie before I start obsessing over absolutely insignificant details. <laughs> yeah, like I I saw the that three pack you picked up at Target. Uh huh. Um, but it was like it was like sixty bucks, and I was like, okay, it's like the cost of three figures, and like I've got this coupon, but like I just don't. I really want to watch the movie first. Like, I I don't care enough about the two non-death troopers in there. Yeah. To drop well, it. I think all three of those figures are good. Mm-hmm. If you were, if you were trying to put together a small squad of death troopers, like I did, I have three. The one that comes in that three pack is a really good officer. Yeah. Um, and then that 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 John Jane. Uso, Aso, however you pronounce her name. Um, that's a good figure, but that's a huge drawback to getting that three-pack if you bought that as a single figure, because then you're going to be stuck with a second one, like I am. 
Also, I didn't I didn't feel like it was in a rush because at the same target there was still a good number of the uh, the Poe versus Riot Trooper two packs. Uh-huh. And I was like, all right. I actually I haven't seen that in my area for a while now. Okay, yeah, they still had some here, so I was like, I I don't think I'm going to be in danger of like having missed a, a massive opportunity. Um, we'll see. Maybe I did. But uh, anything anything else on uh, your end? No. All right. Uh, then that for sure brings us to the end of the show because because now I've actually checked to see if everyone has done their what we got this week. Uh, you know, still learning. It's still a new podcast. We're still you know learning the ropes. Uh, Seth, thanks for thanks for joining me this Thanksgiving weekend. Sure. Thanks. Can I bring up one more for, thing about Rogue One real quick? Yeah, sure. Am I the only one that thinks it's kind of corny that there's a blind Asian martial arts master in it? Oh, I mean, for a good long time, I thought that pictures of him were from a different movie. <laughs> so I was like, actually, honestly, Forrest Whitaker as well. They both look really weird. Like, I'm like, they look like they're from a different sci-fi thing. But yes, I, well, think I, really I hadn't seen the episodes, but I guess Forrest Whitaker's character is in Clone Wars at some point. Yeah, that's what I caught later on. Yeah. But it's like, does every blind Asian have to be a martial arts master? I mean, of course. What else are they going to be blind for? <laughs> <laughs> because if, if it's already a trope that some people find irritating that every Asian in a movie has to be a martial arts expert, like, isn't blind martial arts expert an even more played out trope? Yep. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I could, I could think. I think I can already name a cut like a blind, blind master. Um, the way that Jinx often was in in GI Joe, uh, Frank Dukes in Bloodsport. Uh, blind martial arts is a real thing. There's a guy in that Netflix Marco Polo series. There's a oh. blind martial arts master. Man, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's named pretty a thousand eyes. Oh right, of course. That was his name translates to. <laughs> that's what uh um Genghis Khan calls him. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> Played by Benedict Wong, who I was talking about last episode being really cool. I like that guy. He's the best he's the only reason to watch that Marco Polo series, honestly. He's yeah. really great as Genghis Khan. I, I want to check a it lot out. Of, there's a lot of weird stuff in that show. It's I, loosely based on history <laughs> i've kind of wanted to check it out ever since my mom gave it one of the like most negative reviews i've ever heard her verbally give a tv show <laughs> yeah i i haven't seen season two yet but uh um yeah benedict wong's acting is the best part of that show yeah i'll probably it's, it's all it's been on my to-do list for a while i really would rather watch some other things first yeah uh, i still i still got luke cage ahead of me uh, that's probably oh, yeah. probably going to be my December thing. That's that is a better art. That is arguably a better show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I because I mean, I, I always looked at Marco Polo, but then I was like, you know, a couple weeks ago, I was like, I could start watching this or I could watch Stranger Things. And that was a weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Marco Polo, watch Marco Polo while, while you're doing something else. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, guess what? Stranger Things is pretty darn good. I found out. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, it was, and you know what? Waiting that long meant as soon as I finished it, I was like, huh, I wonder. And then I went to watch the season two trailer, and I felt pretty darn good. All right. It's happening. 
Um, but yeah, this podcast is done. So we will talk to you in December. Oh boy. I'm pretty sure. Jingle bells. I think that's how things time out, but we'll see. Uh, jingle bells indeed. Uh, Seth, ri- riding through the snow on a one horse open sleigh is how we're going to take this podcast to. To the floor. The, to the map. To, to, to uh, Chinatown. I'm, I'm trying to find another Christmas song that fits the end of this oh. sentence. Um, Bethlehem. To Bethlehem. That's how we're going to take this podcast to Bethlehem. No well, no well. Add all that up. I don't know what the f it means, but you got some badass perpetrators now here to stay.